Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode i am your host evan goldstein with me as always is the wonderful karen randazzo who is that girl and the amazing chris randazzo do you stuff your own shirts <laughs> we here on this week's episode talk television this week was karen's pick uh, our second installment for the 31 days of halloween we are talking Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 2, Episode 6, Halloween. But before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Make a suggestion. We'll watch just about anything once. So, Karen. Yep. Okay. So now, I, there were a couple of things struck me as I watched this episode, which I hadn't seen in a, quite a while. One, the least buffiest Buffy has ever buffied. True. She was at like 1700s, bro. And the remarkably close to KKK costume I have ever seen on television. This, the, 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 the ghost that, that, what's her name was dressed as? The ghost that Willow wore. <laughs> I didn't even think of it. Horribly that. close. I was like, because when I me. first watched it, and I, it was like, I, it was yesterday I tried to watch it, I was getting back from Comic Con, and I was like nodding out, and I closed and then opened my eyes, and I, and I, that was on screen. I went, whoa, what the fuck did I miss? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, well, this was back in the day when they didn't have standards and practices. <laughs> she is a... I forgot how soft-spoken Willow was. She was in the beginning, and oh my god, they're all babies. Mm-hmm. Very, very much so. so. Even Giles. Yeah, and at the end, he was a real badass. So, why this one in particular? There are a lot of scary ones. Why this one? Oh, when it comes to Halloween and Buffy, I mean, I guess when it comes to Halloween, the costumes are one of my favorite things. And when I think about Halloween TV episodes, this one really sticks out in my mind. Uh, It's just a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) And not necessarily that scary, but that's okay, because that's how I roll on Halloween. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, there are certain points, like... I, fe- I felt the scariest interaction was Giles and the other guy at the very end. I'm like, he mm-hmm. got dark. But, it, like, <laughs> I w- like I said, I wasn't paying 100% attention when I first watched it. And when Willow dies and she becomes the ghost of a hooker, and I was like, I, I don't remember this episode at all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I thought. I guess I. I did feel it was a little scary when uh, Spike and all his minions were advancing on Buffy, and she was truly powerless. And like, there was really like you really weren't sure if uh, if Giles was going to find out from Ethan how to break the spell. And that was one minor gripe I had with it was um, I didn't understand why Ethan 
told Giles what to do. Like, other than to make the beating stop. Uh, yeah. Okay. I can't remember. Is Ethan a previous recurring character? This. Uh, well, he is a recurring character, but this was his first uh, appearance. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because I I couldn't remember if we had seen him before this. I I knew he was his a foil of uh, what's his name. But the I I he gave up way too easy. Yeah. Way too easy. Like it was just a couple of kicks to the gut. Maybe a. Punch and it was sort of just like, well, we need we need him to you know give up the information at this point in the episode, and so he did. We need to buck him to buckle immediately. So go. Um. Okay, so everybody in this episode was playing the antithesis of their normal character. Pretty much. That was another minor gripe I had is like my Buffy's little speech about how like Halloween is the one time where everybody gets to like dress up and act like Horse. not what not <laughs> what they are. She yeah, will be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like that's that's not an okay message to tell people. Nor is it what everyone does. I mean, I cert I can't deny that that's definitely something I have done. But it's not like every year I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to not be me. Well, like I, these I, days, more if I'm gonna pick a costume, I'm gonna be like, this is what I like. This is what I want to be. This is like what I feel like inside. What she was wearing at the end, the rolled up sweatpants and a t-shirt, Com- Captain Comfort. <laughs> that's my kind of costume right there. Also, I don't, I, I thought that the relationship between Angel and Buffy, I, like, my, my, my memory has it as something more than what it is at this point. Like, he is really meek. Yeah. I think this was right at the beginning of it. Okay. And. Do, like, I feel like he showed up at the end of the first season. Okay. I may be wrong about that. Because goddamn, it's been a long time. It has been, it, yeah. But and this is episode six of season two, so they haven't been. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, knowing what happens throughout the rest of the show, and seeing Spike and Angel, and you know every every other character, like it's it's the, their character's trajectory. Knowing it in advance, it's interesting mm-hmm. to see the choices that they are making. At the very beginning, like this is I don't know, how how many seasons was freaking Buffy? Seven. Seven seasons. So this is mm-hmm. the this first is pretty third. Early. I mean, like this is where they were figuring everything out, and I I, I don't know. I was never the biggest fan of Xander. <laughs> like, uh, <yeah. laughs> like try as he might to be witty and charming, it just felt always fell flat for me. Oh, poor Xander. <laughs> uh, Chris. I know you're probably hey. doing something else via site right now, but uh, <laughs> how do you feel about this episode? This is a classic. I I like I like this one. I I couldn't remember which one this was at first. I like I was. Yeah, nice generic uh, title there. <laughs> yeah, our rewatch wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was a couple of years ago, but I mean, it was my first time watching it. Uh, and I remember the bit in the beginning with the 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 video camera and the uh, the the vampire that was like trying to train spike oh god drusilla i hate drusilla is she was she was the one that looked like she was coked out yeah she's the she's the coked out vampire and i just ugh, ugh, i hate her and um but you know it's like oh evil spike like back when he was evil evil (laughs) and there's just there's always just a, a twinge of creepy with 
the the age gap between Angel and Buffy. It's like, yeah, I'm a couple thousand years old, and you're like sixteen. Let's do yeah. this thing. Yeah, <laughs> kind of skeevy, but you know, it's all part of the it's all part of the show. It's all part of the show. And uh, oh, it's fun. As soon as they started the the Halloween costume thing started happening, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this one. This is where Xander gets the the army things from. I I I'm a fan of Xander. I I'm a Xander fan. Uh, I'm a Xander fander. Your your team and, Xander. Uh, Woof. <laughs> yes, team team Xander. I, mean, I don't adore the guy, but I've always liked him, and I've liked where they took him in the show, and how they made him useful, and how they made him deal with the feeling not useful as Willow got witchy powers and stuff. I enjoyed this episode quite a bit, and, and the mild appearance of uh, Seth Green, mm-hmm. where we see what you know doesn't he and. Like uh, and yeah, he and Willow, Willow. Got, are together okay. at some point, and it's you know great and wonderful for the two of them. And oh, then see the that doesn't happen anymore. See, but he he only notices her when she's dressed like a tramp, and that says something. It does say something. It says something about 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 Mister Daniel Osborne. <laughs> what a what a what a name. I <sighs> Buffy. You know, this is like one of those rare episodes where Buffy is not the lead in in the in the show. Like she, yes, of course, at the end saves the day, but every it's like the cast of characters around her su- support her or carry her through the episode, and like Xander is like the opposite of what he normally is. He's he's strong and determined, and and you know kicks the ever living crap out of a bunch of people, and like it's it's. It's not the normal Buffy, which is nice to see every once in a while. Like she's, we get that she is a badass. Like, yeah, there is, but there is a whole other cast of characters there that, you know, got to shine. Especially freaking Giles, man. Oh God, wow. I love Ripper. I, I, like, yeah, I, I could, I don't know where that comes from or what that leads to, but I feel like it's something that is important. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, like the the mustache t- twirling uh, ripper. Like I, I feel and the dark it, past <laughs> of the watcher. It rewatches are. This is like the point of the rewatch when you, you it starts to get fuzzy. Like you remember like real key episodes, and like. There are things within this episode that I know come to fruition at some point in time, but I can't remember. Like, you know, Daniel and Willow. I knew that's going somewhere, but I couldn't remember what. The the Ripper, like, it reminds me of why I liked the show and how a rewatch would be like watching a new show for me again. <laughs> so, it might be time for a Buffy rewatch. Not like I have plenty of time, to- like tons of time because there's you know no good tv on holy crap yeah you're about to start another season of stuff you don't have time for yeah yeah (laughs) so but i i you know all in all fun episode watching everybody get to to stretch their acting muscles that they don't normally get to do on on this show in particular it is there there are a lot of fun little moments uh like uh i love i love when xander um saves buffy from the the pirate and then he's like i got a weird sense of like closure out of that <laughs> i not for nothing watching the kids transform into little demons and then try to strangle that old woman because she didn't have candy <laughs> that made me laugh out loud <laughs> 
And how fun did Spike used to be, man? I mean, he used to hate Buffy, like hate. And, the, and that, that was enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. And why? Why, why did that rapey. change? I can't remember why that changed. Was that like? Because he fell in love with her. <laughs> and then I barfed everywhere. <laughs> I did. I. I. Okay. So at the end of the episode, just just shy of the end of the episode, where he has her pinned down, the use of lighting to make him seem more menacing was astounding like they give i i'm trying to think if they ever had him like regular faced throughout in the episode or was he always you know that weird brow thing that they do but they shined this blue light from and it just made him look horrific <laughs> she's mm-hmm. all weepy and sh- like that was that was good stuff and then they went and i don't know ruined what, it ruined it emotions and romance. I was wrong by the way Angel has been there since the beginning I'm full of crap from um, the very beginning really mm-hmm. she but did... I don't think they started to like hook up until she turned know. 16 <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> sure and, and, yeah it, what's funny is is that like they just sort of glaze over the fact that he is hundreds of years old like they have to look mm-hmm. at a book to get his history and his history is from the 1700s I think they said mm-hmm. like he's old she's not how is it okay I don't know my friend TV that's how uh, good stuff Karen thank you it's a lot of fun to catch up with these old friends because I mean the last time I've like I consciously watched Buffy was a while ago like probably the last time we spoke about it on this show and I haven't done a rewatch in a, in a dog's age it's it, it reminds me of how if of why I like Joss and his universes as much as as I do because they they, they got a little bit of everything for you know something for everyone and this show specifically shows every type of character every like every, every mindset that could you know everything from the the badass broad to you know the the bitch from high school oh cordelia <laughs> she was in fine form yeah she was she was ripping this episode man Oof. and she never changed like even when we watched nope. her in angel she was still exactly the same person mm-hmm. <sighs> well good stuff thank you karen once again um you're welcome maybe if maybe this will be like a fall asleep kind of rewatch you know an on in the background kind of thing there's good stuff in here i know there is so Hmm, we'll see all right we're gonna take a quick break and when we get back we're gonna discuss some news stay tuned 31 days of halloween is in full effect at the geek aid website and for this month we have a new writer Brenda is trying to conquer 31 horror movies in 31 days. Each day of the month, she's going to watch a new horror movie and write about it. This first week's getting us some, some amazing titles. Things like It, Pet Cemetery, and As Above, So Below. So if you want to follow along with her, check it out over in the Think Tank. 
With our giant Super Smash Brothers musical extravaganza behind us, Matt and I have finally gotten back to doing regular episodes of the Waveback Podcast. And since it's October, we figured there was no better time to dive into Castlevania II Simon's Quest for both the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Famicom Disk System. In this brand spanking new episode, Matt and I compare and contrast the, the two different versions of every single song on the soundtrack and which versions we think are better, because both the NES and Famicom Disk System have completely different instruments sets. Yes, we are nerds. So go ahead and enjoy yourself and get yourself into some spooky tunes moods by listening to Waveback episode... Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Waveback episode... 65, Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. The 13th Doctor has finally landed. I'm really looking forward to to talking about her on this podcast, but until then, you'll just have to settle for reading my weekly recaps every week, starting this week at geekade.com. Don't miss time and relative dimension in spoilers. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials. Let's talk some news. First up, from Discworld.com, um, some casting news for uh, Good Omens. Um, it, it's a bunch of kids, so it's most likely the Antichrist. <laughs> it's Adam and the them, um, which is, you know, it is. It's a bunch of kids. It's a bunch and- of kids. Um, I and I didn't like I I knew like as I I like I didn't start reading I just looked at the pictures and I tried to figure out which one of them will be the Antichrist, and I'm going with the bottom left one, because he's got freckles. <laughs> <laughs> they all look like adorable children. Um, as the story goes, one of them is destined to be the Antichrist, and the other are the others are friends, right? Like they're yeah. the ones that are trying to. I don't. Is it knowing? I can't remember. It's been so long. Is it knowingly or unknowingly keep him on the path of good? Unknowingly. All right. That's what I thought. So they all have a, a list of credits. I don't recognize. The only one I actually recognize is the bottom left, the little kid with freckles. But I don't think it's for reasons that he just looks like alfalfa to me, maybe. Um, well, how do you feel about this? Karen, I you mean, they, are the, look, the they fan. look great. Um, I am. I'm a little surprised by the casting of Pepper, um, the, who's the girl, mm-hmm. uh, because in the book she's described as kind of she's got fiery red hair. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with changing uh, changing a character's look. It just surprised me um, because like the nickname Pepper was based off of um, you know her kind of fiery attitude that went with her appearance. Okay, well. But whatever. Yeah, it happens. It's happening more often than you, more often than not now. A lot of, I have a lot of conversations at work about, you know, staying true to the original text and you know, cast changes, whether it be nationality or gender or whatnot. And I like, I'm all for getting the best actor and or actress for the job doesn't really matter to me what they look like as long as they portray the character well and do mm-hmm. a good job so but they all look like adorable children one of them is the devil 
Fun fact about Pepper, uh, her actual given name is Pippin Galadriel Moonchild. Ooh, um, hippies. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is <laughs> Which the hippiest hippie name. Which in the book you find I... out that she tells them her name innocently. She tells the rest of these boys her name the first time they meet. And like they end up in like a huge fist fight because they're making fun of her name. But she can kick all their asses. It's nice. pretty cute. Nice. <laughs> Well, there's more like that. It, we'll just keep an eye out for more information because that's coming next year. Next year. And later Not on. Not soon enough. Later on, we'll be, we'll be discussing the teaser trailer that came out. But first up, from Deadline.com, Ileana Douglas details uh, it details allegations against Les Moonves on The View. So she was on The View. And she, she appeared on the she, view. Yes. yes, she appeared on the view, and she went into like a full detailed description about what happened with her. And I don't know what it was, but I read it, and I felt more disgusted when I read it than when I watched it. For some reason, I don't know why. If I like, I felt like as she was telling us, she should have been angrier. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Do Maybe you... she's, you know, dealt with her. I mean, it was uh, all of this happened a while ago for her. She's had time to process it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it is a horrible, horrible situation. And I, I don't know. It, it's just so much badness out there. And it's just getting yeah. worse. Getting worse every and day. Really, like, really gross how, like, just, you know he came on to her she wasn't into it and then she got fired okay just i'm so like it's just it's a horrible like like it's the entertainment industry is it all bad i don't want to think that but it seems like no it's not all bad i mean i can't I, i who knows but all right well next up from uh deadline.com again we like this website they get good news. Amazon orders adaptation of fantasy drama The Wheel of Time to series. I remember this. For, I don't know why I remember this, but I remember this series. It's a pretty famous one. It's been around for, yeah. I, I, I believe it's people have been attempting to make this into a thing for a long time, too. I mean, according to this, the 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 uh, article, there's like 412 different books or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um. I can't like I don't I don't think I've ever read it because it does I just feel like I sh- I should know it, but apparently it's been in development for quite a while and now, Ava- uh, Amazon Avatar <laughs> now Amazon is is bringing it to series, and it sounds like a a a good idea. I mean a a vehicle for strong female leads that because of the universe that it takes place in and where there's magic but only women can use it like that sounds pretty cool to me mm-hmm. so um just call to series which means we, it's going to be a while before we see anything but it looks I, I just the imagery that is attached that it's you know taking place uh one hour series in over Amazon will launch a one-hour series in over 200 companies and territories. Countries, 200 countries and territories. Wow, that's a lot. Um, it's been in the works for, at Amazon for about a year. I mean, th- this is this 
book series. I'm, I'm specifically excuse me because okay, there it is. Ninety million books around the world. Yep, that's a lot of books. So it's about time. It's vastly popular. <laughs> I think this is going to be Amazon's answer to Game of Thrones. Interesting. Okay. Or at I mean, least their attempt at it. Yeah, I don't think it's like as brutal as Game of Thrones, but I mean... I just mean more of a like a sweeping epic kind of story. Yeah, epic and Yeah, scale. and there's, you know, a metric ton of source material to pull from. So, yeah, this could... this If this is cool, because I, I, an ex-girlfriend of mine wanted me to read these books a long, long time ago, and I started to read the first one, and I thought it was pretty cool, but as I've said before, I'm not the biggest reader in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was interested in the basics of this story, so I'm, I'm interested to check this out, and I hope it's super cool because you know it's always good to have super cool shows like this. It's for it, the the writer was Robert Jordan, right? Or did I misread that? Because he's done a lot of fantasy stories. Mm-hmm. So, and most importantly, this series of books is finished. Ah, yes. Well said. There is an ending. There you go. So. We won't have. <laughs> there will be no J.R.R. Martining of this storyline. George R. George George R. That was Martin. a uh, that Tolkien was a Martin a... Tolkien mashup. There it was. See how I did there? You picked it up though, right? You got what I was talking it about. Did it, we? It we're all. It's always funnier when you explain it. Uh huh. Yeah, we picked up what you were laying down, <laughs> and it was delicious. So okay, so apparently Amazon is really making some deals. So. Amazon is making some deals. There's some stuff on this list that I am in, in, interested in watching. Uh, okay, so the creator of Good Omens, American Gods, uh, Neil Gaiman has signed an overall deal with Amazon. Yay! More Neil Gaiman stuff. So I mean, like, okay, nice. That's good. Like, I guess I'm going to keep my Amazon account. <laughs> Amazon Prime is now bringing me some good stuff as opposed to just two dollar next day shipping or free next day sh- two days sh- whatever it is that is not really free because it's or in the price not really today <laughs> these days anymore yeah yeah well, not always guaranteed <laughs> um but neil gaiman that is an author that has some backlog of stories to be told maybe this is where we get our sandman series that would be awesome I mean, it's not as far like we're we're in the throes of watching a series about old gods and new gods coming together. So it's not a stretch. Oh, so it can be done and it should be done. I mean, I'm already getting good omens, which is all I could ever ask for. So whatever else we get from this deal is gravy to me. (laughs) That is very, very true. Um, it would be really cool if he developed a series that was like not based on his book, like an original work. That would be super cool. That would be cool, but my recollection is his stuff takes a while. Yes. So I don't know. We, we could. We don't want. Hmm. I want a fifteen-part series about a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's develop an animated program of of Chew. Nice. No, live action. Live action. <laughs> Get that fucking panda in there. MA thir- MA thirteen. No, MA eighteen. <laughs> what is this panda doing? <laughs> he sneezes and murders people. <laughs> Blows people away. Oh sneezes the skin right off their faces. <laughs> Jesus. I'm just gonna Happy Halloween. <laughs> you guys done? You good? 
All right. No, never. I don't know about him. <laughs> I'm done. All right. Tomorrow's the ninth. <laughs> let, okay. So the next couple of links that you guys put up, <laughs> I, it just led me down a rabbit hole of Harvey Birdman, attorney general at law. The trailer, or I don't even know what it was. It was a snippet of the yeah, show. Yeah, there was a preview clip and there was a trailer. Well, the two links that I have are the... Okay. It was a 23-minute episode Oh, when I clicked on it. And then the short of him... Uh, the, I guess it's the, the preview of, of uh, him being hired, I guess. To I get. don't know what you're clicking on, dude. So I clicked on Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, General Preview. And that was the whole scene, one one minute, four seconds of him bursting into the office, the Oval Office, uh, which apparently is, I don't know. Phil Ken 7. Yeah. And it, it, it that was that. And then I clicked on the next one. And it was considerably longer, like I'm no joke, 24 minutes long. And I and I didn't want I did not want to watch the episode. I had to stop myself. But well, I mean, the, the next one in our feed is literally just a one minute trailer on Facebook. I don't know what you're clicking on, <laughs> unless you clicked on another link in Face in YouTube somewhere. I <laughs> I'm clicking on it. Let's see what happens. Do 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 do. Inside baseball is fun for everyone. Behind to the scenes. To. I don't know what I'm telling you. Like I didn't. It, it, I started watching it, <laughs> oh. so maybe it was. Ah, the, oh, what it was is it finished and it played the next one. Autoplay. Oh, Autoplay auto is it. on. Yeah. Disengage. Autoplay. <laughs> Thank you, people. <laughs> Listeners, please give Evan a break. He's old. All right. So listen. Technology scares me. <laughs> That's not. True. I believe fire is magic. <laughs> and it, it scares, scares me. me a lot. Okay. So. <laughs> Uh, I spent last week at New York Comic Con all week, but to get <laughs> don't rub it in. It's, it's trust me, it's not as fun as it sounds when you're working it. But every day in and out of the city, I, I like normally every other year I've driven in, and this year I said no, I'm not driving in. I went to the the border, took a ferry across. It was awesome, fucking eight minutes on a on a boat, and I was behind the Javits Center. It was amazing. But on the boat ride, everyone, you know, as coming back and forth, me, my girl, and a friend of mine would sit there and just chat. And one night, <clears throat> we discussed the state. And then I proceeded to try to find the call me old fashioned guy mm-hmm. to show them. This is TV talk, it's about the state. I wanted to show them videos, and I could not find any. Oh, yeah. they're super hard to find. But then what I could MTV find. MTV has like wrapped those up as tightly as they possibly can i could find the text-based versions like someone had <laughs> typed them out <laughs> and i think I there got... was only like four or five uh, old-fashioned guys yes all of the same episode i'm pretty sure there were five but i got to read them in my own tone and whistle myself at the end <laughs> <laughs> oh we are screwed when the giant that's holding up this planet dies close I'm sorry. I've seen them so many times. I have them memorized. <laughs> Call me old fashioned, but I believe that when the giant that holds up the earth dies, we are screwed. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> All right. Back to Harvey the- Birdman. <laughs> Harvey Birdman, attorney, attorney general at law looks. It's more of the same. And that is not a problem. 
It really isn't. I ever since this came out, this trailer hit, I started a rewatch of Harvey Birdman, mm-hmm. which is uh, the easiest rewatch ever because I forgot the episodes are only fifteen minutes long. Yep. So <laughs> I finished. You like, are blowing through them. <laughs> I'm almost done with it because it's only four seasons too. So this show's outstanding. It is. It is held up extraordinarily well, with the exception of a few uh, slightly homophobic jokes mm-hmm. in the first season. Um, not even not even as bad as the stuff that was in early scrub seasons. So it's like it's really only it the the show has aged better than than other things from this era, uh, and it's just absolutely hysterical. And I discovered that uh, the voice the guy who does the voice of Mentok the Mind Taker was also the voice of Varric on Legend of Korra, <laughs> which if you've seen both of these shows and you don't already know that, it will make you happy to know. <laughs> I regularly use the phrase did you get that thing i sent you and i don't say it that way i say it did you get that thing i sent you i just got past that episode where peter potamus is uh defending harvey in a, in a case and his whole opening statement is did you get that thing i sent you <laughs> Classic Birdman. Um, yeah, so this, this is a trailer. What, uh, when? When is this coming? October fourteenth at midnight. Fantastic! I am so looking forward to it. It's. I'm also so looking forward to now. I haven't gone through season four yet again because I. I mean, I, I don't think I've watched that season since it aired. But uh, I know that Stephen Colbert no longer had time to do this show towards the end, mm-hmm. so we didn't get much fill. Uh, so I'm really glad that Stephen Colbert is like just involved in this. It's wonderful. yeah, he is all over this. He is the president, or I don't know. It's kind of hard to decipher what's going on. Not the first time Phil has been president. I think I and now I'm, I'm forgetting the the episode, but there was definitely something else that involved him and the presidency at some point, which was hilarious. But you know, he was also the voice of Reducto, and I think he did a handful of other small small parts as well. But, but in this trailer, he says, you have to stop me before I do something crazy like this. He sends <laughs> up a warhead into space, and then it turns out that it's not going towards Russia. It's going towards Washington, because sending it to Russia wouldn't be crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So let's keep an eye out for that. It's, it, I'm sure we will this talk weekend, about it. this weekend, you guys. I'm we sure don't have we to wait. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're moving on. We're going to skip the 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 bad link. Get to that at the end. Um Jody Whitaker breaks down her costume from we're getting this info from sciencefiction.com. Um I like it. I like the info that she's giving, like the behind the scenes kind of stuff. Uh how she had creative input into her costume and, you know, this some, I guess, Easter eggy kind of things about, you know. And there's meaning behind the yeah, costume, meaning. That's, too. That's good. And it's not just like I was. <laughs> so being at Comic-Con, I saw every Doctor Who walk past me. Mm-hmm. And the one that I still don't understand is why your doctor wears a celery stalk. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I want to. I really do. I don't understand it. It's okay. Um, but she puts she chimed in she 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 got her two cents in and the i i think the costume looks great it looks so comfortable 
It is. It's fantastic. I thought this story was so cool when I found it on whatever it was Thursday or something. Mm-hmm. I found it really early in the in the Comic Con cycle, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, this is really neat." And then she told this story in every fucking interview she did all weekend long, and I'm like, "Ugh." I thought I found something cool and unique that nobody else knew, but turns out it's like her buzz story for the whole event. <laughs> well, there it is. That's that's where we're, we have our, our fingers on the pulse of Doctor Who news. Yeah. Looks like it's going to be fun. So I have a lot to say about it, but I'm holding it because I got to write about it tomorrow. Oh, and, okay, uh, so we'll talk about it next and time. And we're going to talk about it on the show, too. I'm, I'm sure we are going to be watching... A Doctor Who episode soon. So let's move on from TVLine.com. I didn't know this was a thing. Um, Tube Talk? Yeah. I, I didn't I know. know. It's I, a cute it, little show. It, I didn't know it was a thing, but it, it's it's interesting. This gentleman interviews, what's his name? Michael? Osiello. Osiello. Is it always, on, I'm assuming it's always on a train. I don't know. I've never seen this before. Okay. Well, I know Asiello is a pretty big TV TV writer, but I don't. I've I've never seen the series either. I couldn't tell if it was Tube Talk because of Television Tube, or because he's like, on a train. Train. So either way, he sits down and talks with the man Nathan Fillion about uh, his new show, The Rookie, and these two, like interviewer and interviewee chemistry, off the charts. It is it is unbelievably charming the way these two talk to each other and how much information we're getting as it progresses. Um, he seems to be really enjoy. I want to. I, I gotta watch the rookie. I haven't watched it yet. Is it out? I think it's out. It's going. I think it has started. Yeah, yeah. I have to watch it. If because, not this week, it starts. Uh, October sixteenth. What's today? That's next week. Next week. All right. So I got a week. I'll find it. I'll get it. I'll watch it because I'm a, I'm a Nathan Fillion fan and. That's why I put this in here, just for you. I appreciate that, dear. Thank you so much. It's, I mean, in the city, they are going crazy with promos, like billboards all over the place and bus banners and whatnot. I follow Nathan Fillion on Instagram, and he put up a a little video in in last week or something of, like, he was riding in a car, and a bus with his face just pulled up next to him. (laughs) Of course it did. Um, It looks good. All the trailers I've seen behind the scenes stuff it looks good so i can't wait to see that um moving on from comicbook.com apparently netflix is going to be the next people to try chronicles of narnia because hey we, maybe they'll get it right maybe we'll see um they're going to do the first movie what's it say that again i didn't hate the first movie no no but they're going to do uh Films and a TV series, it seems. So, I mean, others have I tried. Think I think a series is the right way to go with this. Um, okay, explain why. Because it's only like, it's three books, right? No. No. no? It's, uh, what is it, six? Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, Horse and His Boy. That one sounds like you just made it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dog and his cat <laughs> dog and his cat boy and his blob it's <laughs> good times ah crap baskets i can't remember so it is more than three uh, then okay it is yeah it is more than three um i was only familiar with the books. first you know those first three the big ones those are the ones i knew of uh, but seven volumes okay i mean and, and the thing is is that the volumes there um is 
they there's like big chunks that take place in between them. Okay. You know, it's um it it just seem it strikes me as the kind of thing that would work better as a series of, of as as a TV series than not. All right, we got the magician's nephew, lion witch in the wardrobe, horse and his boy, Prince Caspian, void of the voyage of the darn chair, silver chair. That was the other one, and the last battle. Wow. So, like, did you just read those in order? The, yeah, I read those. That's the order that they. That's the chronological order they come in. Lion, which the wardroom was the first one that was written, mm-hmm. and then later, Magician's Nephew was written as a prequel. Okay, and I'm just looked at a um, a, a edition that's up on uh, Amazon. I think that has the just has them numbered in chronological order because gotcha. I believe you, if you read them that way, they they work instead of just really reading them in because Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, and I think Dawn Treader. Was it Dawn Tre- I don't. Maybe I. Maybe I only know of the two. Anywho, there's Dawn, a lot of story that there. Were made into a made into movies like big budget movies, uh, relatively recently. Yeah, and within the past decade or so, right? Yeah. So like these characters, they they leave Narnia, and then like a lot of times they'll come back when they're a lot older. Um, I just feel like that kind of works better in TV series format. Uh, than trying to do them as individual movies. Though these books were relatively tighter, you know, these aren't like Lord of the Rings books. They're, mm-hmm. you know, skewed for a younger audience, and they also, they're not nearly as thick or dense as those books. Right. So it would work as individual movies, but, you know, as we saw in these recent movies, they, well, there was rights issues involved, and, you know, Disney, you know, the second one didn't perform as well as Disney wanted to, so I forget, a different studio did the third one, and then it just went nowhere, and... You know, again, it's like when you're doing movies like this and you're having these characters age and I guess trying to, you know, since the production time on movies is so much longer in between, you know, movies being created and, you know, seasons of TV shows being created that um, it's just you, you consistently having to change over the uh, the cast and everything and not really having that one uh, common thread I feel like just, you know, you make a series of movies about this and you're going to have a harder time catching the audience from from iteration to iteration. Whereas uh, something like a TV series is like, well, seasons like it's TV shows have done stuff like that where, you know, seasons are radically different from from season to season anyway. So shouldn't be too, too hard. I don't know. I'm very interested to see how this pans out. As am I. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye out. Um, Okay. So a buddy of mine, oh, a, a fan of the show, messaged me, and he's like, "Dude, Daredevil trailers! Oh my <laughs> god!" And, I, and at that point in time, I was like, "I haven't seen anything." All I saw was that that the snippet that we spoke about, where mm-hmm. he's talking to a priest and the kingpin gets dressed. <clears throat> and I and and I watched this trailer from Netflix, uh, and oh my sweet baby Jesus, <laughs> this looks good. Yeah. Oh yeah, this looks. I believe we're, we're uh, almost I believe... done Iron Fist. <laughs> we're almost done Iron Fist, so we're we're to, we're, we're going to be totally prepared. Except we still haven't seen Punisher yet. <laughs> I believe my immediate reaction was an all cap son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it looks fantastic. It looks like they're like the the action. I, and I don't know why. This is what I should be expecting from the Daredevil franchise. Like this is. All of their seasons have been good. The action. I feel like it's almost a reminder of like, this is why you got into this universe. Exactly. Um, 
Kingpin looks perfect. Um, I like it's when when to, to, week two weeks, ten days, not eleven days from recording day. So, yeah, I I am looking. Nothing I have seen yet has made me worried about this upcoming season. Yep. Ditto. Good stuff. Good stuff. Moving on. Another trailer or uh, video. Uh, I don't... I, I never ever thought I would actually say I'm excited to see an Archie property on television. But this Sabrina... The, the whatever the title is for Sabrina looks really good. Looks really entertaining. Looks really I know, creepy. This trailer blew my mind. <laughs> I mean, we've seen first looks and little teasers and stuff before this, mm-hmm. but um, I, you know, I'm not. I wasn't a huge, you know, the whatever it was Nickelodeon or version with Clarissa. Um, <laughs> that, that that I was a little too old when that came out. When Cl- um, so I was never followed that witch- witchcraft. Yes, <laughs> with and, the not even vaguely believable talking cat. <laughs> it's and like, I, no, this is a puppet. <laughs> and I don't, I, I don't know her from comics at all. But uh, you know, just from seeing the 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 preview stuff that we've seen of this series, I said, okay, well, she's a dark witch, and she goes around doing dark witchy stuff. Not really my thing. Um, go with God. Then I saw this trailer and the whole thing in it is like she's half like human and half dark witch and her 16th birthday comes when she's supposed to like be baptized into the dark witch society or whatever and she has to choose and she goes against them and now I'm there. I'm in. Let's do this. This looks so fucking great all of a sudden to me. <laughs> and then it goes, it says, for the producers of Riverdale. And you're like, mm, I... <laughs> all right, Netflix. I mean, and you know what? That's okay with me because like Riverdale is super dark and gritty, which does not make any sense to me because Archie. But Sabrina's a witch. So dark and gritty makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, this this trailer it's it's a it's it's a good length, and it's dark, scary, funny, light. I mean, it's it covers all of the bases. Mm-hmm. Like this could be another like not another, not a spiritual successor or anything, but like in the same vein as Supernatural. Yes. Like, I got a very supernatural in, vibe. Right? <laughs> I've never been in like, you know, into the scary horror kind of things, but the supernatural kind of thing, even if it's a little scary, I can deal with it. And that's what I that's the feeling I get off of this, which I'm super psyched about. And this is only in a couple more weeks too. Oh my. You guys, embarrassment of riches. <laughs> uh, October is the best month. It seems so. It gives you all this all this great TV. And me. Because <laughs> it's my birthday soon. Yes, it is. Um, so, with all of that being said, we have to move on to the next thing. Um, Seafy, I thought Krypton got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> I think I did too. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to lie. I watched all 10 episodes and I was like, oh, that's interesting how they're just going to end it there. But apparently I was wrong because Krypton is coming back with a season two and the season two bad guy is going to be Lobo. Have fun with that. <laughs> a comic book accurate looking Lobo. Hair's a little poofy. It, but no, um, it, yes. Slightly. Yeah, it, he may have a little more product in his hair, but. No, I mean, just just poofy. He's <laughs> got a lot of body. I don't understand. Like, I see what they're going for. Like, filthy. Mm-hmm. But. And I also never really imagined the dark around his eyes as being, like, cuts with scars. Oh, I didn't. I didn't get that from this image. It looks like Mike up to me. I mean, like there's oh, clearly defined slices over maybe, his yeah, eyes, which are. is I mean, odd. I mean, you know, and obviously he's not as beefy as a. Uh, well, you know, that's that's but that you know that's human limitations. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. the same reason Thor doesn't look like comic book Thor because you know you would just have to basically tape two people together. <laughs> Just, just, just for the shoulders, um, you know. He's got <laughs> Wait, the front to back or side to side, like T-shaped. You know, one, one. <laughs> um, one thing I was a fan of Lobo back in the day because I think my first real experience with Lobo is when he fought S- Santa Claus. He was hired by the Easter Bunny to kill Santa Claus. Yeah, that's a good time. Um, yeah, this that was the nineties. <laughs> um, Sorry, I can't, I can't get over the T shape. <laughs> we broke me. <laughs> um, looking at this image, his belt buckle, his skull belt buckle, has turned into a cod piece. <sighs> that it has. Uh, there is definitely a screaming skull on his crotch. <laughs> 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 it seems a little, uh, I don't know, on the nose. <laughs> it's on the something. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, the, the practicality of using the restroom. Yeah. But <laughs> well, the mouth is open on the skull. I that makes sense. These, <laughs> these are the risks you take to look this awesome. <laughs> um, I still don't. I, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Let's let's get serious here for a second. Uh, Lobo was a nemesis of Superman. Um, I don't think he's a time traveler. I don't know what they're going to do because this show takes place two generations before Superman. Well, you know, he's the last Zarnian. And apparently, uh, I, I don't know if he's, he is the last Zarnian at this point. I sure hope he has his flying motorcycle because that'll translate great to live action. <laughs> My first in, in my first, my introduction to Lobo was uh, the the trading card in the old DC Comics card set. Uh-huh. So like I just knew the factoids about the character from that, right? And then um, the DC Cosmic cards that Ooh. was it. Uh, and then um, on Superman the Animated Series, voiced by Brad Garrett, mm-hmm. and uh, I loved him there. I thought he was great, but you know it was pg tv version of lobo yes and then they tried to reinvent him with the new 52 and no. made him like no skinny and no no ridiculous no that didn't happen no no it happened no 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 
No. Well, it unhappened, right? Didn't Real did, Lobo eventually murder that yes, guy? Yes. <laughs> my understanding, <laughs> yes. The real one came back and said, no. Um, Which I'd like to th- I'd like to hope was their plan all along. <laughs> me but. too. I don't think. I think they went, ooh, this isn't going well. How can we fix this? I know. <laughs> I mean, they basically invented a new character. Why did they call him Lobo? I don't it know. I don't know. Anyway. So, I don't know. This could be a thing. It could work. I'm not going to watch it. But <laughs> it's just the same reason I'm not going to watch the rest of Krypton. I think it's silly. Um, but uh, Actually, it wasn't that bad. I enjoyed it. It wasn't that bad. Could have been yeah, worse. You watched it on the show. It, was, it, it wasn't bad. It's just not my cup of tea. I remember in one storyline, because he has... He's nearly invincible, I think is how they put it. Like, he can't be killed, because if there is a drop of blood left, he can regenerate from it. And that actually happened in a comic. There was one drop of blood left, it turned into a pool, and he came out, like, Terminator style. Mm-hmm. And how do you stop? <sighs> Cell did that in Dragon Ball. Yeah. yeah. They basically just had to hit him with a big enough power blast to eradicate all of it Mm -hmm. so let's keep an eye out for that shall we lobo on the little screen finally what everyone was clamoring for just what you've always wanted (laughs) um next up we're going to talk the trailer or the teaser trailer for american gods season two looks good to me i has anybody else kept up with this I thought it was going away, but then the then the, it was it stayed with a different showrunner. Yes, like we discussed that, and we were all worried because changing showrunners from season one is. But it seems okay. It does look okay. I meant, have you, either of you watched any more of it since we watched the pilot for the show? I have not. I have watched a couple of the episodes. Okay, I'm I'm making my way through, but. It's taking me forever because you really have to watch it, and I do not have that kind of like concentrated time on my hands. Mm-hmm. But I am sticking with it because I do like it. It's so fucking weird. Yes. It's so weird. Yeah, but the book was weird. Yeah, the book was weird, but like, I don't know. This is just, this is, it's weird. <laughs> it, 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 it's just weird. All I don't know. Because uh, in the, in the when you're reading the book and it's weird, you like have your own like your mind's own interpretation of well, what that you, weirdness looks like. Yeah, you control is, the level of weird in your brain. Exactly. <laughs> this is someone else's interpretation of what that weird looks like, and it's fucking weird. <laughs> but I yes. like it. Yes. And I am going to finish it eventually when I'm ninety. <laughs> Uh, and I am excited by this trailer yeah it looks good I feel like everybody that I've seen in the whatever four I think episodes that I've watched is doing an amazing job I never would say this I never thought in a hundred years I would say this but Orlando Jones as Anansi fucking amazing (laughs) you saw the episode with the slave ship Evan yes Oh, that speech he gives in that. Holy shit. I was blown away. And I was like, how is that Orlando Jones? He, he was great. He is a very talented actor that has been uh, pigeonholed to the mm-hmm. comedic roles that like, look, all right, what was that movie where um, aliens crash landed or like an egg and uh, uh, evolution? Oh, okay. He, yeah. He plays a scientist who is like 
suave-ish. Like he's 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 got knowledge, and he plays that doctorish doctorish part very well, and in the same time plays comedic seamlessly. So he's got skills, and I'm glad to see that he's actually getting to show them because that role i mean it was as if it was made for him mm-hmm. so good stuff can't wait for more uh, uh did you see any of the american god stuff at comic-con no i was at a booth right a, i just didn't uh, yeah. know if you had a chance to walk no. around at all or anything fortunately the only time i got to walk around was before the show floor opened and then on my way out the door after the shore flow shore ha, show floor closed so uh, very busy. Apparently, they had like a um, a pop up of the diner that they hang out in. There was a presence there for it. Unfortunately, I did not get to check it out, though. Seemed very very cool. Yeah, lots of actually a lot of cool stuff shows showed up at Comic Con. I can't wait to look at it all on the internets. <laughs> <laughs> Next up from TVLine.com. Apparently, my prayers have been answered. <laughs> one of the situa- one of, one of the stars of uh, the Jersey Shore is now off the map. Uh, Mike, the situation Sorrentino is to spend eight months in prison for tax evasion. That's what happens. That's with- quite a situation. Boo. Um, That's quite the situation you've gotten yourself into, young man. <laughs> and that's the situation. <laughs> this is why you don't give people ah, never mind he's an idiot Listen, he's an idiot yes we are all from new jersey and we all agree that the jersey shore is one of the worst things that's ever happened to this state and that includes chris christie mm-hmm. because it's given the entire state this reputation that it does completely it's completely not representative of anyone who lives here yeah, because all the people from long island or something yes the none of the people on the jersey shore are from the jersey shore long island so, uh, and staten island that's the two locations those people are from they spend their is, vacation time in new jersey and they make us look fucking bad and they trash our area and they yeah i mean not all not all shoes although you know most shoes shoes is that what it's called that's what we call it. Ben, I, it used to be called Benny's. Uh, that I hear that term too, but down here we more use shoes. Okay. But at any rate, this is super, super rich to see this guy not only facing a prison sentence, but for tax evasion from his income from being on the fucking Jersey Shore. <laughs> yep. <sighs> too sweet. He uh, what he made. $8.9 million from 2010 to 2012. And he didn't pay any taxes on it. He failed. Oops, I forgot these. Idiot. <sighs> Polygon.com brings us the next thing we're going to talk about. Another trailer. She-Ra on Netflix. Looking good. Getting more backstory. Um... I was, I'm still a little wonky on the animation style, but the story looks the story looks good. Looks like it's going to carry it, like like with a uh, Dragon Prince. Like I think I might be able to look past my my concerns with the animation if it's a good story. You mean the art direction? Yeah. Right? Well, well, no, I'm talking about the animation style, like the way it moves. Yeah. 
Huh. I didn't notice anything odd about the way it moves. Um, it may have been my connection, but as I saw it, it looked choppy to me. So uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't notice it when I watched it. Mm-hmm. It looked pretty pretty smooth to me. I do get that the art direction is problematic for some. Um, um I, I wasn't super attached to the original art style. So yeah, I'm I'm not. Yeah, I don't think that's really a lot of the 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 reason that this isn't a lot of folks' cup of tea. It's just that it's very, very, very simplistic. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a lot of shading going on. It's very flat. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it now. It doesn't seem uh, the the animation doesn't seem choppy. It doesn't look. It doesn't look know, like not, they put a lot into not it. Super smooth. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think this is all very intentional. Um, I don't know. I think it was cool. Mm. I'm sold. Yeah, I would like to watch this with our daughter. Um, I, I don't recall, and I don't know if you guys will either. Was Princess Adora like on the wrong side in the beginning? It's been like, is I that canon or is that something for this? I don't. I my sister watched like an episode of She-Ra, and uh, I was too busy like thinking about the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, so I I oh didn't boy. spend much time with this. Or uh, really, or even He-Man. Like this and He-Man, I remember we had a lot of the toys, and I never watched a lot of the show. I because I was too busy playing with the toys. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like the idea that this is, um, you know, she was on the wrong side of this war. I like this plot idea. I think it's kind of cool. I really do too. Yeah, I, it's it's a it's a good device to be used, and just I mean, there was a show on Netflix or a series, uh, toys we grew up with or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did they have the glitter sword? Well, no, because it was it started with He Man. It was oh. the episode was about He Man, and that spawned you know a number of different shows. But those shows came about because of toys. Like they made the toy first, and mm-hmm. then made yeah. the show to so say, "Hey, yeah. look, we're doing this." And that happened a couple of times. Uh, the ones that stuck were He Man, and then it's offshoot Shira, and so on and so forth. But I don't. Feel that that backstory is canon at all because it was more He Man esque versus villain Skeletor. Like it was a situation like that, not that there was a whole back in the day that they didn't go that deep with backstory. So I think it's a really good twist and, and it's giving more depth to the character, which is nice. It is very cool, but my brain has wandered off to see if I can find one of these glitter swords on eBay. <laughs> glitter sword. Oh my god. <gasps> yeah, no, the according to Wikipedia, the show fo- the original plot of Shira, the show follows the adventures of Princess Adora, Prince Adam slash He-Man's twin sister, who leads a group of freedom fighters known as the Great Rebellion in the fight to free Etheria from the tyrannical rule of Hordak and the evil Horde. With her sword of protection, Adora can become She-Ra, just as Prince Adam can become He-Man. So yeah, there you go. Um, let's- okay, I guess there is a little bit of that. Born born on Planet Eternia to Queen Marlena and King Randor. Great names. Princess Adora is kidnapped at birth by Hordak and taken to Etheria. There she serves as a mind-controlled Horde Force captain before He-Man rescues her. After reuniting her with her parents on Eternia, She-Ra decides to return to Etheria and lead the Great Rebellion. So there is a, nice. a flavor of that. Holy shit. Where? 
<laughs> on eBay. How much is a glitter sword, Karen? Ready, it's go. It's got to be a couple hundred bucks. $555. <laughs> I could make you like seven glitter swords for that amount. <laughs> glitter. Damn. I love this thing so much. And like... God knows what happened to it. I, 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 well, you know what? There's no way they're not marketing a new glitter sword. Yeah, I don't. I want this one. She wants the original, oh, and I doubt original, they'll actually make a glitter sword now. Yeah, like it'll be with lighting water up and, and glitter and, inside. And, and, and it's noises and shit. Yeah, and it's exactly what it'll do. And I'll get one for Ellie, and she'll like it. But it won't be my original, extremely rare 1986, five hundred dollar. Glitter sword. Glitter sword. Hey, you never know. If this thing, if this show takes off, there will definitely be some some sort of limited edition thing out there recreating the original 80s toys because that's can a thing you, that happens. Can you ask Sean if he can check his basement walls? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to oh, be there somewhere. Inside baseball. All right, moving on. And the next track is this. This is the first official trailer, right? Like I haven't seen anything about of good, good omens. omens. Yes, yeah, this, this was the, the first, first one, and oh my god, 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 I might not ever stop saying oh my god. It okay. looks I'm done. phenomenal. <laughs> it looks so it looks well so done. Great. My friend, uh, I posted it like as soon as as soon as it was uh, as soon as it was live. I shared it on Facebook, and one of my friends <laughs> reacted to David Tennant saying he's rude and ginger. <laughs> 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 oh my god he looks so great he does they and both he, look great they're <sighs> pulling it off swimmingly it looks so much better than i even hoped <sighs> so psyched i can't say anything more that's like it's per- it seems perfect and the teaser just focuses on uh Zerifel and crowley which is fine the but music they're so yeah. Oh my god. And there's so, but there's so much more to the story. There's so many more interesting characters. Mm-hmm. Like and they're just like focusing on these two, which is 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 right because that's the entry point of the story and that's where you get like the overall like this is what the story is about, but there's so much more to see and to come and I love trailers that don't give everything away and that's exactly what this is. Ta-da. Oh, I'm so excited you guys. <laughs> I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> Next up, IGN brings us the the sad news. Uh, Scott Wilson, the man who had played Herschel on The Walking Dead, has passed away at the age of 76. Uh, he passed away from complications due to leukemia. Sad. Um, I'm kind of surprised that like, I, I, I recognized him when I saw him as Herschel. But I didn't realize, like, he's been in a number of, a number of things that I should recognize him from. So, as they say, big bucket of win. Sad to see him go. Uh, Apparently, he, he could not have been a sweeter man. Yeah, I mean, the the tweets that went out are beautiful uh, from all of the people that that worked with him and knew him. Um, he is making, or he did make a return uh, to the show. So he filmed all of his stuff for I think it was season 9 um, so Herschel will be returning and and that's it so great character actor he'll be missed he will be missed 
Uh, Karen, you posted this one up late, so I did not get a chance to actually look at it. Um, oh, no. That, my mistake. Wrong one. This one. <laughs> this is the one about the theme song, which mm-hmm. really pisses me off that they don't ch- play the theme song. <laughs> like, I actively clicked it, clicked on this to hear the theme song. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, it gets worse, but go ahead. Go, what do you mean it gets worse? About the theme song. I have more angry things to say about the theme song. Okay, well, let's she save them. She is not alone. Because it, it's, they're taking uh, recordings from the 1963 original and mm-hmm. reworking them, it seems. Yeah. It, it, it seems really cool. And doesn't that just sound awesome? Yeah, I wish sure I would heard, like to wish hear I'd it. heard it when I watched the fucking episode, BBC America. What? They didn't play the theme song? Okay, uh, we could not watch the global simulcast. I was not available, and Chris was not going to watch it without me because he's a good man like that. Uh, so we watched the rebroadcast at 8 o'clock p.m. Okay. And BBC America took what is an hour and change episode and blew it out into two hours, um, extended commercial breaks, clips from the Comic-Con panel from that day, and uh, just a shitload of bullshit. All peppered into the episode. This In the is middle not... of the episode, hacking the story to pieces so you could not follow it or like carry any emotional through line with you. I will write a lot more about this tomorrow. You will see it on the website. <sighs> so, but the point is... No title se- sequence. No title sequence. No credit sequence. So like the no last scene happened and we were like, Nothing. wait, is that it? And they, yeah, they, there was no was, indication that the episode was over. It was preceded by this like global watch party thing that like BBC America totally like manufactured. They put a bunch of women in a room, gave them a, gave them all the new sonic screwdriver, and like said, "Look like you're having fun and you love Doctor Who," and it was so insipid and annoying and like just completely not genuine and trying to monetize on my fandom, which really pisses me off. And then, like, I guess at the end of the episode, they were like, welcome to the awesome after party where we're going to talk about the episode. And they showed the same host woman from the, the, the pre-party thing that they put together. And they had, like, three panel guests, one of which was Will Wheaton. So he's legit. The other two, one was, like, her credit was, like, influencer. I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. You're an influencer? I'm out. I, no. Wait, but none of them were looking mean? at the camera when they were like, and here's our guests. And they were all just like sitting on a couch, like looking at their phones. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? What, what is an influencer? I don't care. Get out of here. An influencer <laughs> is like Kim Kardashian. An influencer is somebody who is famous for being famous. Yeah. It was so, <laughs> so they didn't. I'm sorry. They, I just gagged a they, little bit. I apologize. Yeah. So they didn't. So the point, uh, my my point related to this story is, we have not properly heard. They did play snippets of it in as part of the soundtrack of the episode, but you would not have known because they didn't actually play the opening credits or the closing credits I'm, in during that particular broadcast. I am upset for you. <laughs> it was so freaking maddening. It was absolutely maddening to watch because it was awesome. I mean, I'll I just like the episode, the episode was good. itself is great. I Jody Whittaker was great. Everyone in the cast is great. The story was great. The monster was freaking gross, <laughs> covered in 
teeth. It was duh. And when I say covered in teeth, I mean he killed humans and then took a tooth from each one and shoved it into his face. Oh Jesus! His face was covered in human teeth. It was yeah, not gross. like he had a lot of teeth and he was scary. Like he had a lot of other people's teeth sticking out of his face. It was foul. Um, but it was cool. It was a neat episode. She was a hundred percent wonderful. But oh my god, there was like I mean the commercial breaks were like. 10 to 15 minutes long they were like the just giant chunks they didn't add anything to the show in fact they cut pieces of like they cut the friggin title sequence the end credits and the next time on doctor who out of the season premiere to fit more commercials in and we just did a story on this show about the uh, the bbc says they need more money are you kidding me all right so uh right now i am going to send you a link in messenger we are going to pause i will edit around the pause but i want the people to know that we are all the three of us are going to listen to this for the first time together because i i don't i don't know what i should be listening for so uh do you guys have the link i do all right you ready go ahead So, we just listened to the one minute, 33 second long intro, or theme song. Yes, this would be what is played over the closing credits. Okay. The closing credits? Yeah, because the intro is shorter than, than well, uh, this. Th- th- yeah. yeah, but it's good. they're going to be the, the, yeah, it's it's gonna the, be the same, same, same thing. Same song, just, yeah. Right. So, how do you feel? Oh, Karen I think it's great. First. I think it's great, um, and it's the most classic Who theme tune that we've heard, the the, the most classic version um, that we've heard in years, uh, and I can definitely, like, having, being familiar with classic Who, I can tell you it is, I do hear the strains of the original in there, okay. very clearly. Uh, I like the bassy undertones of this. Um, yes. This this video that you sent which thank you very much mm-hmm. um did, did, did was literally just a still image and the um music which is great but i still want to see what's been done with the opening credits because mm-hmm. those are always cool okay and wouldn't it have been nice for my first time hearing this song to be as a part of it, the experience of watching the episode bbc america <laughs> okay i'm done somebody okay. else go uh, I really enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. It's uh, I I love the Doctor Who theme. I really love the the old old themes. I didn't grow up on it the way that Karen did, but I have a, a huge huge nostalgic attachment to old sci fi uh, themes. I did like um, sort of where the 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 theme had gone during the Capaldi era, where it was starting to really pick up on those really. Um, synthy tones of i'm thinking like around the fifth docker doctor ish mm-hmm. uh fifth and sixth where they were really kind of picking up on that groovy groovy kind of stuff um but again it it it's interesting listening to this this song as a progression 
because uh, when it started around Eccleston, it had a very uh, very clear march and very you know specific uh, cadence to it. And it kept getting more and more intense as the the series went on. Like it was, you know, get more strings, more orchestrated, uh, and the the theme song itself really reflected the tone of the entire series. Where it got so big that it couldn't possibly get any bigger. So, in, but instead of taking it in a truly different direction, they just kind of changed where they felt the intensity was coming from. Uh, which is again very similar to what they were doing thematically with the show, which is, I think is a lot of what I, I thought was the problem with the way that Moffat ran things. This is a very clean and fresh take on it. Um, not just because it is um, when you listen to the original compositions on the the old show, it's it's kind of I don't know the loopier isn't really the right word. It's it's a little bit less precise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's just some notes just hit in strange places. Um, and they cleaned all that up when uh, they did the uh, Russell Davies, uh, Stephen Moffat era stuff. And this uh, seems to harken back to some of the notes not exactly landing precisely where you would think that they would land if you're really following the following the you know the one two three four the the rhythm of it. Um, it's, it's it was fascinating and it was very it d- definitely had a more dour tone than I expected considering how playful Jodie Whittaker is. Um, it is not a very playful version of the song it's very serious um but i think that that matches really well with the the, i guess just the overall aesthetic of doctor who is that it is goofy until it isn't um and i think i think it's brilliant and like karen said i would love to have seen actual matching visuals with this i want to see what the actual intro to the show looks like oh i i okay i am working on that for you um my experience with Doctor Who is limited. Um, this being played on a still image, it does lose a little something for me. Um, the, uh, you know, like it, it, the intro, I hear everything. It's really, it's like you said, it's crisp, it's clean, it's it's harkening back to, to the old ways. Um, just sitting there, at, I don't know, let's say the 45 second mark, it's it starts to get repetitive especially with that baseline for me because that at one point in time just got a little too overpowering um i'm sure the intro is much shorter than what we just listened to i mean it was minute 30 so yeah it's um it's at least it's at least half yeah if, if if not more so i it I wish I had more experience with it so I could hear the differences. Like there is the the standard noises that happen during the Doctor Who theme. They're all there. They have a a, a few accoutrements in this that, that make it newer and make it its own thing, which is nice. None of it is off putting. So it's a it's a solid it's a solid theme song. So I, I will be proud to use it the next time we talk about Doctor Who in the beginning credits of our show. So there you go. Hmm. I'm reading uh, something now uh, that says that uh, it's it was sort of intended, or at least they knew that it wasn't going to be that way. Uh, according to... What do you mean? I'm on digitalspy.com. Series boss Chris... Chibnall. Chibnall. 
uh, has now hinted that the episode, episode one of the new series, the woman who fell to earth might not open with the revamped titles and music quote. You'll have to wait till episode two to see the new titles and theme in situ. Chinbol says in the latest issue of doctor who magazine episode one starts a little differently. So, I mean, again, I don't know that that was necessarily his choice. <laughs> Something tells me that BBC America just wanted to sell more ad time. So how did uh, the episode start? It didn't start. It started with the uh, companion characters and not with the doctor. And typically speaking, Doctor Who episodes start that way. There's usually some sort of cold open, then some sort of something dramatic happens, and you hear the, Pew! and then the credits start. Uh, right. And it's super awesome every freaking time. Every freaking time. <laughs> and just as a quick aside, I recently finished a rewatch of um, West Wing mm-hmm. that we talked about on the show. That show did something similar that rarely worked. <laughs> <laughs> the theme song to West Wing is this very sweeping and majestic, joyous tune. And, like, there would just be something completely not any of those words happening. And then they'd just very dramatically flash into Drum the, roll into <laughs> it. Drum roll into it. And it was clunky almost every time. And Doctor Who, complete opposite situation. All, I, I can't think of a time where the intro, the intro credits were unwelcome. Um so yeah, having watched the episode, I still don't know specifically where they would have put them. I was I would assume in one of the many many commercial breaks. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to watching this show uninterrupted because it was a great episode. So but uh, doesn't Doctor Who normally have it's cut for commercials, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And did they force commercials in? I don't know what they did. But whatever it was, like, I don't know if it was just that the commercial breaks were too long or they were too many or what, but something made the whole flow of the episode off. Gotcha. And also, uh, and, and BBC America does this in reruns, too. I mean, we've seen this on reruns where they shove commercial breaks where they weren't originally intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, it felt like that was something that was happening. And the thing with BBC America and uh, that that they've done things before in in rewatches, like you, we'll watch a, a rerun on uh, BBC America, and there'll just be a scene flat out missing yeah. because they cut it for time to fit more commercials in. That's and, that's just a byproduct of it being for America because uh, the BBC can make shows any length they want, exactly. and you have to in America you have to fit to the whatever standard television hour, so. I can't help but fear that that was like that we watched some sort of truncated thing as the premiere. Um, that I guess we'll find out someday. We will. Um, it's not like we're, we're not buying this on Blu-ray. I was going to say, yeah. I guess we'll find out when you buy me the Blu-rays. <laughs> uh, the next story is is about the viewership for the first episode. Yes. And apparently two out of every five people were watching Doctor Who. Heck yeah, they were. <laughs> Holy shit, an 8.2, 8.2 million viewers. Wow. And that's just the overnight figures. That's not um, accounting people who, like, you know, T-voted what or is the whatever. seven days? That's it? Is it right? Yeah. So, damn. Highest ratings for Doctor Who in quite a while. Damn. That is a hell of an opening. 8.2, 40, yeah. 40 
0.1% of the total TV audience, according to unofficial overnight figures. <laughs> the audience grew throughout the episode, peaking at 8.52 million for the final 15 minutes. Wow. Last Doctor Who episode to reach this, uh, reach these figures was uh, Tenant's exit. Yeah. There you go. Good on you, Doctor Who. All right. Finally, uh, there's a trailer for the new Connors. That well, I, I don't even know Connors. The new without Roseanne Barr, the Roseanne Barr show without Roseanne Barr, the Connors. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. the Connors. The Connors now. Um, Connors trailer season one. So the totally totally starting over, tar- starting from scratch. <laughs> uh it it feels the same as the original show. Um, mm-hmm. l- slightly less disgusting now than what we have come to expect from it so i think it'll do all right yeah i think it comes back next week and uh i think i might check it out and see what it's all about yeah i I mean i was excited for it the first time around and now i'm not like it's interesting but it's not something i'm gonna consciously go oh i have to watch that it's not gonna it's it's Unfortunately, it's been tainted. So, hopefully it works out for them because, you know, it's a shame that all of the cast or, or like, they are going to have to, to, to reap what has been sown by just certain people. That's a shame. So, we'll see. But that's it. It's all we got, people. Chris? Hey, you got a spiel for me? You can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. Or follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow the show specifically at Twebcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan, where can people find you? Geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh original content. Back to you, Evan. Thank you so much, Chris. Throwing it back to you. It's your choice. It is my choice. What is your Halloween pick? My Halloween pick is Aquatine Hunger Force. (laughs) Season one, episode three, the bus of the undead. <laughs> oh my god! Season one, episode three, you say? Yep, the bus. And don't worry if you hate it; it's only about twelve minutes long. So. <laughs> say, the bus of the undead. The bus of the undead. Okay. <laughs> I can't I remember the last episode. time I watched Aquatine. <laughs> All right, people, there's your homework. Aquatine <laughs> Hunger Force, Season 1, Episode 3. The Bus of the of Undead. The undead. <laughs> Once again, thank you for joining us here. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. I'm Buffy. Good night.
And this concludes our broadcast day.